It's said that a preacher is someone who speaks in someone else's sleep. So here I go. And even if it's not really true of preachers, it's sometimes true of God. You see, young Samuel was asleep when God called him. But more of that in a moment, if you haven't dozed off by then. Let me give you a little bit of background to this story that we're focusing on today. The lad Samuel was dedicated to God by his mother Hannah. And she hadn't been able to have children and she'd been mocked for it. And she prays for a child at Shiloh's sanctuary where Eli was priest. In time, God answers her prayers and she rejoices. And Samuel actually means God heard. So the first point I want to make is God hears and answers our prayers. If tomorrow, Blue Monday, you've got a lot of prayers on your heart and you're feeling low, cry out to the Lord with the thing that concerns you. Because Hannah is a great example to us all. She brings her disappointment and her concerns to the Lord in prayer. And if we're honest, when we have concerns and disappointments, the usual thing for us to do is not to pray. We tend, it pushes us away from God sometimes. But what we do with those things are really important. We can either let them have power over us, or we can turn to God and seek his will, which may not always be what we expect. Nevertheless, the Lord always hears us when we cry out to him, and he knows how he can help us best. And Hannah's prayer was heard. She was barren. She cried out for a child, and that prayer was answered. And in 1 Samuel 2, Hannah rejoices with a celebratory prayer that he had powerfully acted to save her from her situation, bringing low her arrogant accusers and exalting the weak. So that first thing, God wants us to cry out to him and he answers prayer. The second thing is, God takes the initiative and we respond. After Samuel was weaned, probably about the age of three, Hannah took her son to the sanctuary because he was an answer to prayer and she was thankful and she vowed to give her son back to God. It says in 1 Samuel 1.22 that he may appear in the presence of the Lord. And Hannah dedicates him to serve Eli in the temple. The Ark of the Covenant was a symbol of God's presence. And I think there's a wonderful thing going on here. It's how we should respond to God's grace. God takes the initiative to save us, to bless us, to intervene in our lives. And we respond by offering our lives and what we have back to him. It's what we do in an infant baptism service. Firstly, we thank God for his initiative, for his grace and for his love. And so we bring our children in thankfulness. And then, once we've acknowledged his love and his grace, then we make promises And we're open to the Lord leading us and helping us and others helping us too. 
And it's a pattern for the whole of discipleship, really, not just infant baptism. Undeserved, saving grace, thankfulness and praise, a fitting response in humility, often with penitence, then faithful promises, an openness to God's ongoing help and leading, enabling humble, obedient, faithful service. In infant baptism, our promise for our children includes this. Will you ensure that they're nurtured in the Christian community? It's really important that we bring our children into the fellowship of our community, that they may know the presence of the Lord. Remember, Samuel was brought into the presence of the Lord. And not just in the church. We can understand how bringing children to church, they're in God's presence, but how can we enable them to know God's presence in our homes, in our families, in our schools, helping them to know that God is with them wherever they are. In the baptism service, we uh, pledge our support to help parents do this because we want those children to actually hear the Lord calling them and speaking to them. And I think baptism services are terribly important in the life of the church. They're part of us being the inclusive community of God where we actually acknowledge God's presence together with us. And we pray that we may know the presence of the Lord with us. Later, in 1 Samuel 2, 21, uh, Haniel gives birth to more children. She's really blessed. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah, it says. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now, there's no saying how people will respond to the Lord's presence. Eli's sons are priests, and yet they have no time for the Lord. If we read the story, they treat their duties with contempt. They're in the right place, but their hearts don't respond. In fact, rather than being focused on God, they're self-centered, and they abuse their position. Greedily, they eat the sacrifices that are brought in the temple, and they manipulate and they coerce people. And they were sexually inappropriate in the tent of meeting. And faithful old Eli rebukes them and they don't listen to God's word through them, him. And a man of God comes to speak to Eli as well and they don't listen. And Samuel was going to be the person who was going to bring a message and we see the beginning of the fall of the house of Eli. And it's a warning to us too. It's possible to be in the presence of God, but to miss the point. It's possible to be in the right place, but to lose our focus. It's possible to become hypocritical in what we do as Christians. And what we want is not what God wants. Yet it says here, the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. And God says to Eli, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and my mind. I will firmly establish his family line and he will minister before my anointed one always. I wonder whether we 
are conscious that we are in God's presence and he has something for us to do for him, whether we treat that really seriously and whether we respond positively and grow in our faith or not. The third thing is God is alive and well, but are we listening? Samuel's call was at a crucial time when the nation of Israel was morally and spiritually bankrupt. It says when the word of the Lord was rare and there weren't many visions. And old Eli's sight was failing, but not completely. The lamp of God, it says, hadn't gone out. And he was lying in his own room, not as close to the Ark of the Covenant, the symbol of God's presence, as Samuel, who was obediently in the presence of God. In fact, he was spending time uh, in the night in the sanctuary itself. I think it's an interesting image, isn't it? Old Eli, whose sight is failing, a little bit distant, and uh, Samuel right there. I wonder whether we're living in a society today where the word of the Lord is rare and there are not many visions where many have lost their way and spiritual sight is poor? If so, one of the things this passage says to us is the lamp of God has not yet gone out. Our resurrection God is alive and well. But we do need to listen for his voice today. And I can't help but feel a real burden for the church today. A church in the West that is in decline, when globally it's growing. A church that I sometimes feel misses the point. We get caught up with all sorts of things in our churchianity, but we miss the heart of what it's all about. That's lost its way, perhaps its purpose and its hope. I also have a burden for children and grandchildren that they may know the presence of the Lord and be open to respond appropriately to God's Spirit. Maybe like Hannah, we should come before the Lord together and all of us pour out our prayers to God, our concern for the barrenness of a declining church today, the cynical mocking of a secular society, And really ache for God to bless us with new life. And it's my testimony that when we really do pour out our prayers to the Lord, then God's blessing follows. Our reading, uh, in our reading, Samuel experiences God's call on his life. And it's a persistent call. For God wanted to use him to bring about change. The transition from the judges to the monarchy in Israel uh, to be the one who would anoint Israel's first kings, both Saul and David. Samuel was to be the one who was going to usher in a new order of God's rule. Not that Samuel knew any of this at the time. But it's grace again. God takes the initiative He calls Samuel for a response to discover what he's meant to do for him. Samuel hears the call to be a prophet. Our call might be different. 
But he then goes on to do something for the Lord obediently and blessing follows. What is it that we believe that God wants to usher into his world today as we approach Blue Monday? How is his rule to be among us in these days? Do we long for the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven? And do we recognize when it is among us? Young Samuel is attentive and obedient. He hears God's voice and he responds to it. But note that God beckons Samuel three times before that call was recognized. And each time Samuel got up from his bed in the early hours, perhaps that willing obedience was something that qualified him for the task. But the trouble was the boy didn't realize who it was who was speaking. And it's not really surprising when he'd been asleep and suddenly woken up. It reminds me of when my children were young and they had a habit of coming into our bedroom uh, in the morning and at an unearthly time as well. And we would be fast asleep and then they'd suddenly start talking at us whilst we were asleep. And it was mighty confusing. Suddenly we'd wake up just knowing that somebody wants you but you're not actually sure what on earth is going on or what they're saying. It's just a noise. And there's something of that going on here. Samuel doesn't really know what's going on. But there is a call. And he responds and he's trying to work out what that is. And it may be that there are people here today who are having that nagging conviction that God's saying something to you about something. It's very common in Christian testimonies when uh, we talk about how God's been at work in our life that there is a repetition of a call. If you hear people who are called uh, to be preachers, quite often the call comes in different ways, in different circumstances, through different people. The same thing said over and over again. Samuel was called by name. It was his call, it was nobody else's. And it was persistent. I wonder if we have heard a call from God. I don't know, it could be to be a local preacher, to do something new at work, to help in some way with a a Christian charity, to do something in your family, whether you're prepared to say, after hearing it come to you time and time again, here I am. Here I am. Listening is so important. According to Blaise Pascal, uh, the religious philosopher and mathematician, most of our troubles come from not being able to sit quietly in our room. Are we quietly listening? Samuel was laying in the presence of the Lord, staying close to both the law and the word, and he hears. And I want to encourage you at the beginning of this new year to make some time in your daily busy lives to ensure that God can speak to you, especially through uh, Christian books, Bible meditation, prayer. I read a lot on the train. and I've got my new phone with a bigger screen and it's, it's excellent for reading. And then the Lord seems to be persistently speaking to me on the train, stand clear of the doors. I don't know what it's about, but... Uh, 
But God can also speak through novels and films and newspapers, through preachers, through friends, as in our gospel lesson, through colleagues and strangers, and even through our enemies. But are we listening to what God might be saying through them to us? Even through my inadequate sermons and those of my colleagues, is God whispering something to you? Jesus said, follow me. I love hearing testimony in church when people talk about how God's been at work in their their lives because it reminds me that God is still speaking today and he is. Is he speaking a word to you in an unexpected way? And are you listening for that word? Is he calling you to do something? I'm not talking about service necessarily in the church, but to do something risky for him, to bring about transformation in the world, to be the world that we want it to be. What can you do to help? Are you listening to what he's calling you to do? And the final thing, and I want to bring this together here, God calls us regardless of our age or our experience. The Lord is no discriminator. He knows who he wants and for what tasks. And he calls young Samuel and he uses old Eli, who was physically and spiritually slowing down. But he's the one that puts Samuel right and enables him even though judgment is upon his family and his sons who turned away and he could say well I've made a mess of my sons what could I possibly do for Samuel yet he does he does something and even though Eli had become a weak leader even though his children had gone astray he uses his past experience and wisdom to help a younger person, somebody who didn't know the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord was really heard in those days. Just think back for a moment. I guess there are many here today who were very young when you were first called. We've heard that Kina, just 10 years ago when she was 18, uh, became a Christian I bet many of us were young when we first responded to the call of Jesus. Think back of the older people who helped you on that journey. I could name George Furness, John Riley, David Clark, Richard Smith, who really encouraged me, although I was probably a pain in the neck and still am. Ministers, Peter Graves, Rob Frost, Donald English, I could mention so many others, who were patient, who took a risk with a young person. Praise the Lord for our elders in the Lord who helped us with wisdom and guidance and patience. But I want to ask you a question. Have you got that burden for young people today? Are you prepared to take a risk on young people? Because I don't think God's finished speaking today. 
And our young people are not necessarily hearing the gospel because I think the word of the Lord is rare in these days. What are we doing about it to help them, even though we've made a mess sometimes of our own lives and we don't always get it right, but what are we doing to help them? And have we got the humility to let them speak to us in this changing world about how God might want us to be as a church? Eli had the grace to hear that hard word from Samuel after he'd helped him. I believe that our children and our young people need us. Can we help them discover the presence of the Lord? I'm not just talking in church, although that's great we bring them here. And we are blessed in this church with the young people and children that we have. We should be praying for our leaders and our teachers and finding new ones as a priority in the church to make sure that they grow and they blossom. I was only 23 when I became a fully accredited local preacher. That means I was a lot younger when I started. Where are the 20-year-old local preachers in our church today? Where are they? I was 24 when I started at theological college. I still feel in many ministerial meetings, I'm probably deluding myself, that I'm still among the youngest. There are younger ones, of course. But where are they? Where are they? We need our young people to hear the call of God. And this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. But they're only going to prophesy in the future. If they hear the call, how can we bring them in our prayers, in our mind's eye, into the presence of the Lord? How can we give of our time to come alongside them and to help them? How can we listen to them? How can we protect them from some of the things that are happening in the world and equip them to respond to them? I thank God for those people that supported me. And so my burden is that we as a church need to support them. Samuel was surprised in the temple by the call. Nathaniel was surprised in our gospel reading too. Who will be the next to testify in this church that they heard the surprising call of God and it was old Mr. or old Mrs. So-and-so that actually sat down with me and said, you know that's the Lord speaking to you. When will we hear our sons and our daughters prophesy And in humility, listen to the hard word that they might have to say to us. They might not get it all right. They might not have got all their facts about the Bible right. But the Holy Spirit can still use them. Young Samuel was soon to be recognized throughout all Israel as a prophet and leader of the people, especially in their conflict with the Philistines. Samuel brings hope. His obedience marked a turning point in the history of God's people, and he became a significant prophet. Oh, how we need prophets today. Remember, the light is still burning. And Jesus is still calling. And Philip found Nathanael and spoke about Jesus and simply said, come and see. He made the introduction, 
Jesus did the rest. Are we giving introductions for our children and young people? Are we praying for our family, our grandchildren, praying for the world to change? And I believe that God will answer our prayers if we really have a burden. Regardless of age or experience, he can use us because God hears and answers our prayer. He takes the initiative and all we need to do is respond. He's alive and well, but are we listening? And he calls us regardless of age or experience. I wonder whether today you can make that heartfelt prayer. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And as we sing the hymn that I'm about to announce, I want it to be a word to us, a prayer as we sing it. But I want it to be a prayer as well for our children and our young people. And if you have that burden for somebody on your heart today or, or for our church or for, and, and you want to simply say, Lord, I'm not asleep, I'm awake. You know, feel free just to, to come forward and stand and sing it. We're not going to say a special prayer, but just to say, Lord, I'm awake. I want to be in your presence. I want to respond. And this hymn is the prayer that I'm making in response. Let's stand and sing together. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry.